This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. Hi, welcome back. Uh, Mark again, I'm your host, Chris Hambling, and with me today, we have Ben. G'day, mate. <laughs> Hi, Ben. We also have back with us, Aaron. Hey, folks, it's going to be a cracking show tonight, so fasten your seatbelts. And we have everyone's favourite Doctor Who-loving cyborg, Albert. I just f***ing love Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, mate. Okay, brilliant stuff. Um, okay, usual contact details. Want to hear from you as much as we can tonight. Um, email address is radio at homesdale.net. The phone number is 0208 123 1646. That's at your local rate and it'll come out of your mobile bundle. You can text us a short message on 81696 and start your message with TXT Eagles. Uh, you can send us your comments on Twitter by starting your message with hashtag whole radio and it's twitter.com forward slash whole radio. And you can uh, visit the Homesdale site on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash homesdale.online. Uh, tonight we're going to have a, a text vote, and it's a very simple question relating to the Reading game. The question is, is Shane Long a massive diving cheat? You can text yes or no to 81696 or email us at radio at homesdale.net. And we'd also like to hear from you on a, a sort of nominated subject um, come up, which, uh, which Albert has come up with. The question is, what is the most ridiculous thing you've heard someone say at Selhurst? And I believe you've got an example, Albert. Yeah, I think it was during our Premier League season um, when we were at home to Villa at 0-0. I think Andy Johnson was having a couple of pot shots, you know, as he was more than entitled to. But someone behind me didn't like it and uh, kept yelling at him to stop shooting, which is probably one of the most <laughs> stupid things I've heard anywhere, let alone at Selhurst. And I think he actually yeah. went on to score two that game. 
Yeah, you don't really tell your, you know, anyone to stop shooting, let alone someone of his talent. But there you are. Anything like that, guys? We'd love to hear from you, and we'll uh, we'll approach that in the discussion later on. Okay, and also any of your comments are welcome on the Homesdale Radio thread that's running on Homesdale.net. We'll try and pick those up in our various different breaks. The first thing we're going to do is talk to, talk about the 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 one nil defeat to Portsmouth. Uh, just a quick montage of the commentary in the key moments before we come back and, and talk to Ben, who was the only one of us who went. Crystal Palace travel to the south coast to take on Portsmouth having picked up a vital win over Sheffield United at the weekend. It moved them five points clear of the bottom three. Pompey are four points better off in the championship table ahead of this evening. A win for either would be a welcome boost. Certainly Steve Cottrell will be hoping his side can perform. I'm obviously disappointed uh, with the result. I feel that we are uh, resilient. We showed the right sort of defensive qualities to get us through to 45 minutes, a little bit of fortune. And uh, I felt that on the second half as the game looked to be getting to change and a little bit of foothold on it, you know, we scored at the worst possible time in terms of, and we lost the goal at the worst possible time in terms of, you know, they may have to make one or two subs, game changes, but as I say, it was. It was, it was Disappointed as he got that time because I thought we then had to chase the game and uh, it was a little bit too open. So looking back at it, it's uh, definitely what it's swallowed, but I can see some positives. You got the target. Spironi did really well. Took a knock in the process, but kept it at nil-nil. Really dangerous ball. Both players had eyes for the football. You know, the goal was a little bit fortunate for them, but then seeing that, I think the overall, you know, I think they had more possession and they created one or two more chances, so, you know, I felt that we had a spirited performance uh, in terms of putting the bodies in the line, giving everything we had, but just unfortunately tonight, we just come up a little bit short. Kits and fix it on, Nugent! Somehow, gives Portsmouth the lead after 65 minutes. Well, it's been coming, but it's the bounce really that deceives Moroni, loops above him. The, the, the mental side that was good, I think, you know, physically matched him immensely, we did as well, you know, it was at the end of the day, when you look at the stats, but at the end of the day, I feel that, you know, sloppy goal from a free kick, there from a throw in, you know, which is, which is hardest, so I think, mentally the guys were, were strong tonight, you know, we were getting a hell of a bat in the first half, but... You know, I thought physically and mentally we stood up to it and we come back in the second half and just as we get to get a foothold it. So, you know, although it's a defeat, I think we are getting, you know, a good spirit and a good mental thought that when we go away from home we can, we can dig in, we can, you know, it's going to be an open game. So, we were unlucky, we were close tonight, we're not close enough. Andres. Digs out a wonderful ball! And McCarthy heads wide. Seemed easy to score the miss, really. Well, obviously they've got the to defeat, but you know, it's not uh, the end of the world. I think the guys know that we could have probably played a little bit better up uh, the top half of the pitch, but as a team, I think they defended fantastically well, and I think we know that as well. I think from a, 
a set piece that you know Portland are quite strong on. You know, we can see their goals. I think we realise that you know we see from that it's a little bit disappointing overall. You know, disappointed in the way they sort of maybe attacked them, but hey, that's that's where we are right now. The heart. Can you kick somebody out this time? It was a really dangerous ball. Brilliant defending. Richard Delat is getting the congratulations. He had to get there and did. Well, you know, that's kind of what's sitting ways right now away from home. I think we had that Andy Gardner chance in the first half for a f- corner, which is quite close. You know, these things change games. And I feel also we, we hang in there, we, we dug in and then, you know, as the game got a fine balance in terms of bringing on subs or changing the game to get a goal. So it was, uh, we definitely had the chances beforehand, but I'm going to gloss it over, you know, we're, we're disappointed we beat. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homestale Radio. Hi and welcome back. Um, just going to go straight to talking to Ben about that game. Uh, obviously, it was a disappointing one-nil defeat, and uh, mm, Dougie yeah. upbeat as always in the uh, in the post-match press conference. Never lays into the players, but I mean, I suppose the first thing to to ask you, Ben, is is who were the notable performers on the Palace side? Mm, yeah, that is a tough question actually. When I think back to the game, because to be completely honest, not a lot of players did that well at all, really. If I were yeah. to pick two, I think I'd go for the centre backs. Obviously, Paddy McCarthy and Anthony Gardner. They were quite solid in the air and, and composed to get rid of the ball when they needed to. Uh, on the downside, though, as a team, we were too defensive. You know, We were playing really deep. We were just lashing the ball all the way down to James Vaughan, who, when we're playing with one up front, you know, he does struggle in the air. I won't talk too much yeah. about that, as I know we're going to come on to it later in the show. Um, yeah. The two the two centre-backs, though, did have two headers, two really good opportunities to, to get us level and, and to put us in front at one point, but two missed chances mm-hmm. when you look back. Other than that, KG was all right, but all right is as far as I would go. No players really stood out and it does it pains me to say that you know but we weren't very good yeah. oh, okay then. <clears throat> yeah okay then and tactic wise then I'm guessing by what you've just said it's kind of a 4-5-1 long ball kind of away defensive kind of tactic wasn't it mm, yeah the 4-5-1 that we're playing you know it's a really really defensive one and we've seen it time and time again now that Vaughan he does struggle when he's playing in that lone striker role we're hoofing the ball down to him and he's just not winning the headers you know, even if he does win the headers, there's no one there for him to really head the ball down to. As the midfielders are playing so far back, it feels like we went down to Fratton Park and kind of played for a nil-nil draw. You know, we've got the options up front, we know that, but they're just sitting on the bench at points, and we're not really using them. In my opinion, I think we've got to kind of revert yeah. to to a four-four-two or something like that with somebody supporting James Vaughan up top, because you know, even if it's someone just playing behind him, because uh, he's not he's not capable, or he's capable, but he's not not scoring the goals by himself up front. Yeah. Ben, obviously the subs didn't make a huge difference because obviously mm. we lost, but were we any better when they came on or was it more of the same? Well, we had Zaha and Easter come on for Scandal and Dan respectively in the 73rd minute and then 82nd we had Everson on for Vaughan. Uh, none of the players, like I've said, you know, played that well when they did come on. Zaha, out of the three, I would say did the best. Uh, he made a couple of runs down the down the wing and right at the end put in a brilliant cross. Uh, but it couldn't be finished off Richie Delat, who man of the match, I'll come on to in a minute. Um, he just crossed it away really. He did have one awful shot, though. I think summed up the game with about five minutes to go. Just flew the ball, probably Rose Ed, I think, though. Huh? So, yeah, not great. Yeah. OK, so, although any of our players didn't play particularly well, uh, Portsmouth players, how did they fare? 
Mm, well, they didn't create an awful lot of chances, to be honest. They just passed and moved the ball a lot better than we did. As a case of Pompey were bad and we were worse, unfortunately. Nugent and Kitson, we know, were both top quality players. Although Nugent's goal, again, was on the lucky side. We, he's had quite a good mm. game. I mean, their centre-back, as I just mentioned, Richards, that was, was man of the match. He won everything in the air against James Vaughan. I think it's got to go to him there. They're kind of man of the match, Richard, to that, yeah. yeah. And what's the atmosphere like? Well, Palace fans, as everyone knows, you know, we're fantastic on the road. And that does that remains for Pompey away if a little subdued just because of the awful game we were made to watch. It wasn't pretty. I don't think that helped the atmosphere at all. I think my favourite chant was the witty reply to play up Pompey. Uh, anyone who went will know about that. Obviously, can't be repeated on air. But yeah, good chant. Yeah. Yeah, good atmosphere, Pompey, always. Um, yeah. Not a lot to choose from here. Man of the match, really. Not a lot of people stood out, but just... <sighs> mm, I don't, yeah, I don't think I can really pick a Palace player for that one because nobody did stand <laughs> out. Obviously, I've, I've mentioned Richie's out. He's on loan from Man United. He's only 22. He looks a great prospect for the future. Other than that, mm-hmm. David Cottrell down the right wing. Another loanee on loan from, from Swansea. It seems they're relying on their own on loan players to win them the games, but I wouldn't yeah. be complaining with four wins on the bounce. So yeah, yeah, I'd have to go to I'd have to go to a Portsmouth player, unfortunately. Mm. And what was your overall opinion on the on the game that day as a whole? Mm. Yeah, it was it was a nice day out, but unfortunately it was a bit of a boring game. I took a couple of friends down there actually, and in all honesty, I don't think I could have picked the worst game to take them to. Are they we still your friends? <laughs> um, well, yeah, they are still my friends, but, but I don't think they're <laughs> going to be Palace fans anytime soon. I think we were we were lacking in desire, passion, belief. I think one thing I remember actually is Paddy McCarthy kind of played the last five minutes up front and he looked like the only one who kind of cared. He was really trying to win the game for us. In reality, I know that's not true. Players do care, but yeah. they need yeah. to stand up and be counted now as we get towards crunch time in the season and need to start fighting for their place in the team and getting us the wins. Mm. No, that's, that's right, Ben. OK, thanks for all that, mate. Listen, I mean, I don't know. Every time there's a defeat, I always end up I sort of look at the Portsmouth game and I, and I just get quite angry about their financial yeah. troubles. Yet they're, they're still playing, they're paying the likes of Kits and forty grand a week, mm. you know. And obviously you talk about Delat was their uh, their man of the match and you know they managed to get him in from Man U. I do find that sort of stuff frustrating. But I suppose from from what you're saying, really we've got no one to blame but ourselves for uh, for not getting anything out of the game. Yeah, before the game we we looked at it positively. We looked as though it, it was a chance to go down there and get three points, and we we didn't really take the opportunity. You know, we. We had a chance to push further away from the drop zone, and we, we didn't take it, unfortunately. Okay, mate. Well, um, we'll just take a quick musical break now before we go. Uh, we're going to head. We're going to talk to Chris Waters from the Supporters Trust. I'm going to just going to talk a little bit about the uh, initiative uh, they have with their training ground project. Uh, get some more information for you guys, and, and hopefully point you in a direction of where you can find out more. So, just have a quick break for the Foo Fighters with Rope. Thought I was about it all 
Oh, and welcome back to Homesdale.net Radio. I'll just uh, quickly run over the contact information. Again, you can get hold of us by email on radio at homesdale.net. Give us a call on 0208 123 1646. You can text us a short message on 81696. Start your message with TXT space Eagles. And send us your comments on Twitter. Start your message with hashtag whole radio. And the whole radio Twitter site is twitter.com forward slash whole radio. We're joined on the line by Chris Waters from the Crystal Palace Supporters Trust. Uh, just going to have a quick Q&A about the new training ground. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad, considering a um, few technical issues, but uh, I think everything's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm just going to go straight into the questions, mate, really. Can you just okay. give us a, a quick outline of what the idea is about the training ground? Yeah, sure. Um, basically, uh, once Steve Parrish and the others had taken over the club during the summer, uh, the trust approached the board directly um, to see, you know, how the trust could be of assistance to the new owners. Um, yeah. You know, there wasn't much of a relationship, as you probably know, between the trust and Simon Jordan. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. But even before the purchase, there were, you know, several conversations between Steve Parrish and the trust. And uh, Stephen Browett, of course, is a member of the trust and so on. And uh, also at the trust AGM last June, uh, we were discussing, you know, what could we do with uh, a money, a fundraising scheme? And it was suggested that maybe we could help the club uh, in constructing a new training ground. Yeah. And this is something that Steve Parrish was very keen on, and he tasked the trust to go away um, and, you know, research that, come up with a plan, find some sites, and present it back to him. And that took about probably about six, seven months. Um, and when they were presented to him a couple of weeks ago, and as you know, there was a trust meeting on Saturday uh, for the members to yeah. hear about the idea and um, to give us permission to sort of go forward with it. Yeah, and obviously that was a unanimous vote as well in, in favour. So, yeah, that was a very, yeah, very interesting right. meeting. Sorry, sorry, Aaron, you've got a question. I've talked over you there, mate. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Chris, uh, what have you and the trust done so far just to give the fans a, a general view? Sure. Um, so, first stage was basically understanding what the club needed. So that meant that uh, the couple of board members um, basically talked to all of the management team. So George Burley, when he was there, uh, meetings with Dougie Friedman, with the groundsman, with staff, Mike, uh, Phil Alexander, of course, um, Dean Austin, mm. and um, to get what do they want from a training ground. Um, they also visited the site in Beckenham and got guided to, to um, be shown around it and understand what size pitches they were looking for, what size land, etc., etc. Next stage was finding a site. You know, as you know, there's land is at a premium uh, in London, yeah. especially around here. So that involved using a sort of council contact. So we got in contact with Bromley Council, Croydon Council, Merton Council, and asked them to go away and identify sites for us. Um, mm. Bromley said there weren't any. Croydon came up with a couple, and Merton came up with one as well. Then the next stage after that was to basically do a feasibility study. So there was a pitch process to get some sort of uh, planners, architects in, and a company yeah. called TB Bennett won that pitch and basically did a feasibility study where they uh, looked at the sites, drew up some plans, um, and basically costed, costed it out. And then after that, uh, that was 
presentation was put together for Steve Parrish, and that was presented yep. to him, and it'll also be presented to Dougie Friedman next week, and then okay. uh, the SGM was called. So I know, you know, seven months seems a long time, but yeah. it's very difficult to, I think a long time took to get the land and, you know, to get councils on side, because without getting the councils on side, or at least identifying sites, then it's a non-starter. So that's yeah, what took the time. Okay, okay. And do you need to be a trust member to get involved, Chris? Yes, you do. Um, the reason for that is, you know, obviously apart from... Uh, it's, it's basically, it gives you protection, um, because there'll be, you know, if we fundraise, we'll be fundraising again, it's quite a complex legal... Um, structure that we have and procedures and it's basically to protect protect you as a member and help protect your investment but yes you do need to be a member okay membership's only five pounds isn't it i think sorry that's right five pounds a year that's right yes yeah okay and what's the trust doing next chris have you got any other plans in the scheme or is it all manpower on this one at the moment to be um to be honest this this is this is going to be pretty much a full-time project i mean we're probably going to be looking at having to hire someone to even manage this because bear in mind we're probably going to be dealing with uh, millions of pounds uh, mm. of people's money um, it's going to be a big coordination project talking to the council talking to the architects and the club um, understanding the financing understanding when we spend money on buildings and so on and so forth so I really think that this is going to be take up pretty much all of our time over the next year now, you know, that's going to involve various things. There'll be people liaising with the club and the planners, and there'll be people like me, you know, getting in contact with the media. There'll be other people yeah. who will be looking to talk to those, how can we put it, you know, wealthier fans who've expressed interest in a scheme like this before, where they'll potentially get, you know, a small return on their investment um, yeah. to target them as well as, you know, because we're looking at chunks of £500, um, and but some fans, you know, have already expressed an interest that they'd be able to give perhaps considerably more than that. And so I think it's a sort of two-pronged attack, really. Some people talking to those fans, and then obviously, you know, engaging other more how you know normally financed people like myself to um, you know get on board as well. Yeah. I can say, obviously, from, from being at the meeting myself, there was quite a lot more, um, obviously, detail. It's probably difficult to get across in here. But, um, so, I mean, where should people really look for, for more information? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. So, pretty much, the presentation or uh, that was on the press pack that was made in that meeting on Saturday has just gone up on the uh, Crystal Palace Trust website. So, and you don't need okay. to be a member to read that. You just, uh, I think it's www.cpstrust.org.uk. And all of the Excellent. details of what was said in that meeting, um, including the, loca the two locations that we are looking at, um, which is yeah. basically in Norbury and Ashburton Park. And also, I don't know if people know, but Steve Parrish also gave a short five-minute speech. And you can watch that as well. That's been put on YouTube, and you can watch that as well to just give you oh, a flavour of what happened. Yeah, he's, he spoke very passionately about the idea, I know. And I've, yeah, also I made thought the so. Point it, was, that, it was quite interesting to hear it from his point of view, wasn't it? Yeah, it was indeed. And I say he did make the point that the, that the club simply haven't got the sort of time that it takes to be looking at this. And, and obviously they're very appreciative of the trust getting involved as well. Yeah. So, um, and I think, yeah, and I'm, yeah. Go on, go. Yeah, well, I'm just going to say, I hope it appeals to people. I mean, you know, 
maybe people think trusts are for periods of crisis, but I, I disagree mm. with that. Um, I think you know this. Uh, I think this gives uh, fans the opportunity if they want to take it. I mean, of course, it's not obligatory at all. But if fans want to take it, mm. uh, to help the club, you know, uh, effectively construct a really key building block of the club. I mean, you know, we've got a new young manager in place. Um, we've yeah. bought the ground. We're hopefully moving to a new one. So I think you know, for fans to get involved in this and hopefully get a small return as well. I think hopefully yep. it will be uh, an idea that people will go for. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people have been have been critical of the trust, and I think this is a really good way for the trust to sort of uh, to, to open themselves out to uh, to more members and you know show that yeah, you are actually you know there's, there's yeah. something tangible you can achieve. Yes, yes, exactly. I totally agree with you on that, and I think the key word you say is tangible. You know, this is a mm. training ground that people you know people can understand why we need it and how it's really helped the club and the academy mm. and all of that type of thing. So, yeah, I agree. A, ta- a tangible benefit, I hope, will encourage people to invest. OK, that's fantastic, Chris. Listen, thanks very, very much for your time. Um, obviously, if you get any updates or anything like that, you're welcome to come back on and, I'm and talk sure, again. I'm uh, sure we, we, we will be getting many. <laughs> and obviously, no we've, got, uh, we've got... We've got Furhad as well. You can keep us up to date as well. Yeah. Uh, if he ever gets can. over his terrible ankle injury that he's got at the moment. <laughs> but um, anyway, listen, thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Cheers now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, guys. Uh, excellent stuff. Well, that was uh, Chris Waters there uh, with some information about the, the training ground issue. Obviously, if you want any more information on that, there is a thread on the Homesdale about the meeting. Uh, they similar on the BBS and obviously get over to the Trust website, www.cpstrust.com or .co.uk, I forget now. <laughs> but uh, obviously search for that one and uh, there's some, some excellent information on there. I can say from first hand, it was a very interesting meeting and, and Steve Parrish's comments are well worth uh, watching again. Okay, we're going to move straight on to talk about the Reading match. Um, we'll start, as we always do, with a quick montage of the key moments, of which there are a lot, uh, being a lot of goals, and uh, some of Dougie's press conference. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Jamie, uh, or Eagle Man 13, as he's also known, about the referee's performance in general, and, you know, and then we'll just talk about the game. Ambrose to advance. Good run by Ambrose. It opens up for the shot and he picks out the bottom corner brilliantly. What a stunning start at Selhurst Park. 39 seconds on the clock and the Eagles lead. A sixth goal of an injury interrupted season for the star man of last year, Darren Ambrose. Had he stayed fit all campaign, the Eagles might not be in a relegation battle. He might get them out of it with efforts like that. Towards Everson. Goes down. Little dance. Running Bourne. And as far as Ambrose to return it into the middle. This is Dan. Scuffs the shot somewhat. Tipped up onto the bar by Alex McCarthy. Palace are climbing. That went over the line. But the goal hasn't been given. We uh, possibly could have won the game the first half. And I thought we started uh, electrically. You know, we committed chances. Uh, we scored goals. And I felt, you know, this was just going to be our day in terms of, you know, scoring goals and, you know, looking real entertainment. But 
back of my mind. I felt Reading did enough in the locker to open us up. You know, a fantastic outfit, fantastic energy, and they play with real desire for the manager. And I felt for our boys to compete the way they did is a real credit to them. Cross behind Everson, but picks out Neil Dance to make it 2 0. Crystal Palace double their lead with 25 minutes on the clock. A seventh goal of the season for Neil Dance, his sixth in the championship. And this incredible home record could be extended this afternoon. Given the fact they haven't conceded in the last eight league games, it's an awful long way back for Reading. In a strange way, I'm not frustrated because I feel that uh, overall, a point in both ways is a real, uh, a real plus for us. You know, they were a real good team, a real high-energy team, and I felt that our boys stuck at it. You know, we've come back from a missed penalty. We've come back from 2-2 to try and get the winner. You know, so it's a real, real credit for our lads to hang in there and take a point. You know, we're unbeaten again at home. So there is a lot of positives to take from that, that game today. Launch long for Shane Long to chase. McCarthy is with him. McCarthy's challenge is penalised with a penalty. Referee Bates points to the spot and a route back perhaps for the Royals. Shane Long fouled by Paddy McCarthy and despite the Palace protestations the penalty has been given. Shoulder to shoulder, down went Long. Chance for Reading to get back in there. Shane Long won the penalty and scores the penalty and Crystal Palace concede at home for the first time in 13 hours of football still they continue those protests as their proud record is ended in somewhat controversial fashion but a really good spot kick from Shane Long to beat Spironic well it is a point gain but in a strange way I don't really look uh, you know back the way I'm looking forward to try and catch the teams that are one or two above us and that's the way and it's not just a saying it's an, uh, you know I really mean that so I felt today's opportunity to take three points uh, would have helped us, obviously it helped us a lot more, you know, but the point will do, uh, because I felt they deserved, they deserved the point, I felt that they showed uh, great spirit to hang in there, there's a tough, tough team, Reading a top, top team, there's no doubt about it, you know, I, I told the lads that, top team, and we've slugged it out with them, we've matched them toe to toe, and you know, we're unlucky to get, just couldn't quite keep that, that third goal out of their net, you know, it would have given us a, a great victory. Well worked for Everson to chase. He might just get there ahead of the goalkeeper. Palace have a penalty of their own. Alex McCarthy this time. The Reading goalkeeper with the foul. And will there be further punishment as the referee reaches for his pocket? Everson perhaps was going away from goal but just clipped. McCarthy allowed to stay on the field to face the penalty. And saves the penalty from Darren Ambrose. The goalkeeper has redeemed himself. And Ambrose denied his second goal of the game. And Palace denied a two-goal cushion once more. Great stop. The lads on the bench are a great, great, you know, inspiration to anybody in terms of they are, you know, any time last week, Claude Davis at Watford, they're coming off the bench and they're showing, they're not sulking, they're showing that this is a real uh, united squad we've got. You know, so it's, you know, there's no part the back for Jermaine because last week it was Claude Davis and I'm sure that it will be somebody else. So that's exactly what I want. I want that kind of... That group of players that when called upon to stand up and be counted. Plenty of time for more, of course, as Reading Pro for an equaliser. It's Jimmy Kebe on the R level. 2-2. Just four minutes into the second half. 
Shane Long, who scored the first from the spot, has made the second for Jimmy Kebe, his sixth of the season. And the Royals have come from two down. Great technique to steer that into the corner. Yeah, it was good for Jermaine, you know, I've, t- I've told him last week, you know, he doesn't have to prove anything to me or the players, you know. Jermaine put the pressure in his cell and good luck to the kid. I know he'll score goals. I know he'll, because he, he can't, the way he finishes in training, you know, you can't not score goals. So he'll score goals for us. He'll score very well done, he'll score next week or the week after. So I'm, uh, I'm happy for uh, the team to get three points, because uh, sorry, a point, because I think, you know, we feel they deserved it. Reading are the draw specialist. 13 so far before today in the championship. Most of anybody in the division. And they're back on terms from two down, but under pressure here. Dean Moxie does well to pull it back into the danger area. This is Jermaine Easter, and that's a wonderful finish. And Palace are back in front. Jermaine Easter off the bench and on the score sheet. His first goal for Crystal Palace. He's only been on the field for five minutes. But what about this for an impact? Yeah, he's good, you know, picked up good positions down in terms of, you know, gets a good shoot positions and that's why he gets a lot of shots off away we can look out. He's a good goal for Get back. Cummins again. He's going to get the cross in. Speroni palms it clear one-handed. McEnough though to give chase for his former Crystal Palace player. That's a good ball in by McEnough for Noel Hunt to head Reading level again. 3-3. What again this is turning into. And Noel Hunt with his sixth of the season. As the Royals on terms again with 17 minutes still to go. Rosewell above Gardner. Yeah, Julian Lundin picked up a draw to be honest with you. Uh, he couldn't kick the ball towards the last 20 minutes. We need to assess that on Monday morning. But the... Uh, he, you know, he got through the game, so we'll need to assess that bonus to Alexi. Winning will fancy they can go on and win this now. The Eagles haven't given up hope of a winner either. This is Jermaine Easter, who has one goal already. Scuffed his shot with a... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chance presented itself for another and then didn't get hold of the second ball either. Gratefully gathered up by McCarthy. What a game this has been, and perhaps fitting that it ends with honours even. Crystal Palace 3, Reading 3. When the blood dries in my veins, and my heart feels no more pain, I know I'll be on my way to heaven. Hi, and welcome back to Homesdale Radio. Uh, just, we have Jamie on the line, uh, who's also known, known as Eagleman13, and who's a referee's assessor. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the refereeing decisions. But before we do that, just going to run through the contact details again because we'd really like to get some emails and texts from you today to add to those we've already got. The email address is radio at homesdale.net. 
the text number is 81696 send us a short message starting with txt space eagles you can give us a call on 0208 or send us your comments on twitter starting a message with hashtag whole radio okay jamie how are you hi fine thanks good stuff and, uh, um nice yes. to know that you're still going strong yeah exactly mate yeah it's getting getting better all the time probably um <laughs> now listen we had um we had some an interesting uh refereeing display at reading some people were, were actually happy with how the ref let the game flow and but basically there were a couple of key decisions which kind of prompted us to to think maybe we should use your knowledge on the subject and just ask you a few questions about refereeing in general really um by all means far away Fantastic. Just going to just start with, there was uh, one of the key incidents in the Reading game was the penalty given against Palace, uh, which Paddy McCarthy was pretty furious about at the time, and and I could mm. see why. I, I felt that um, that Long and McCarthy running alongside each other, and right at the minute when the ball had gone a little bit too far for Long to do anything with, he basically stopped his run, stepped into Paddy, and a, and a collision was inevitable. Now, to me. You know, if you if you haven't played the game or you haven't watched a lot of football, you, that does look like a foul. But um, a referee's trained to spot sort of tactics to win penalties, which is what I would say what Shane Long was doing, rather than calling him just a damn right cheat. <laughs> um, do, 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 do referees get That's that kind nicely. of that training or support? Not initially, no. In their basic training, they're not trained to, to spot anything like that because... Um, mm. 99% of referees, unfortunately, have never played the game. I was one of the few, very few lucky ones that had. That comes with experience more than anything else. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So and okay. with the incident for the penalty, obviously, it was the linesman who did give the decision uh, in the end. And do referees kind of have to accept that decision? And is there a willingness to overturn the incorrect calls, you know, in spite of the effect that it might have on the relationship between the officials? Oh, this is a, this is a, a weird one. Um, more more often than not, the match official, i.e., the ref, yeah. um, because he is of a higher grade than the two assistants, only the the fourth official being the same grade as the match official, he then tells his officials how his other officials how he wants them to run the game. Now, right. in my experience, ninety nine percent of match officials will then tell 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 the assistants. Let me make all the major decisions upon the field of play. You just give me directions and let me know whether the ball has gone out for a throw-in, a corner, etc. Now, if the match official at the time was unsighted and the assistant could see it, and depending on the instruction he was given, then yes, um, an assistant can give a penalty. If that's uh, of any help at the moment. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing that that came from obviously the the linesman and the referee made no attempt to give to give a penalty, but the linesman flagged like his arm had he'd had some sort of spasm in his arm. So <laughs> that's kind of what um what drove that question. Anyway, I'll shut up. Sorry, Aaron. It's your question next. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. Um, Hi. Fans obviously biased in games. We all know that. But do you think the FA give appropriate level of respect? the paying supporters with genuine grievances? Hmm, I don't think, uh, I know it's an old cliche, but I think you're never going to please everybody all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what, what you do with one set of supporters, you won't necessarily do with the other set of supporters. In my opinion, and I'm using this term very lucidly, most referees are actually unbiased, mainly because they haven't actually played the game. Now, um, I'll give you an example. I'm using myself as an example. I was never, ever allowed to referee any Palace games when I was in the Football League. The simple reason being is because when I first started, I stated that Palace were my preferred team. So I was was always kept away from refereeing. Now, things have changed, but not so much. That's why sometimes you find referees coming from the other, other end of the country to come and do our games. And it's the same with any other uh, team. Jamie, when you're uh, assessing a referee, what's the criteria that you sort of use to to judge? Or, you know, is it it more common sense or is there, you know, is there a tick box of specifications? Um, Right. First of all, uh, due to the laws that our beloved masters at FIFA have laid down. Unfortunately, the good old-fashioned English way of using common sense has gone right out the window. And I think every single listener and supporter will will know and understand what I'm saying with that. Yeah. We are not allowed anymore to use our common sense, which is such a pity, because 90% yeah. of all contentious decisions can be avoided if we were allowed to. As an assessor, I have to go strictly by the laws of the game and how the match official applies the laws of the game in, in the context of the actual game that he's doing. Right from, did he actually turn up on time through to how did he blow the final whistle? It's just silly little things, but they all add up. So, okay, so if they've taken away your sort of using your own common sense, and, you know, and they've given you stipulations that you need to stick to, do they then provide a decent amount of protection for referees you know, to, to counter that? At the lower levels, no. At the higher levels, yes. You do get some sort of protection, um, but only when it, it's deemed that the match official is, um, can I put it politely, losing it, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, a match will then obviously have to be finished, and then the match, uh, the match assessor will then um, have um, words with the match official to... Uh, comment on his um, handling of the game and then obviously if necessary get him away from any um, unnecessary provocation that may or may not happen okay um, do, do you think that refereeing stand- I think we'll probably finish on this question Is, is do you feel that refereeing standards are, are acceptable in general I suppose bearing in mind your comments on common sense as well that I, that I agree with <laughs> but, um, but yeah I mean, as a general feeling I'm not sh- um, Yes, I mean, they, they can always be improved. Let's put it this way. But I think yeah. because of the advent of Sky, etc., and the fact that everybody's got multi-camera angles, that uh, yeah. you, can, you can watch replays and replays of everything, whereas the poor bloke in the middle, or, you know, um, well, well, we weren't called that, but it began with a B anyway, was <laughs> we've only got a blink of an eye in which to make our decision. And rightly or wrongly, this is how it is. I've noticed that obviously there is a big call at the moment for goal line technology because a ball may or may not have crept over the line on Saturday's game. Now, 
Um, unfortunately, Mr. Blatter and Mr. Platini um, are dead against it. And until they um, are no longer in the position they are in, then maybe the game can move forward and be ki- uh, dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century. <laughs> Let's hope so, Jamie. Anyway, mate, um, look, really appreciate you coming on. It's, it's interesting stuff, and with hindsight, I could probably have planned it better to give you a bit longer. Cause I, I think Not a, a problem, mate. Any time you like, you know I'm always available. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely have you back on, mate. It's certainly enough contentious refereeing to, to have you on almost every week. <laughs> <I think. laughs> and I, I might have your own slot every week. <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah well why not <laughs> anyway mate listen thanks a lot we'll, uh, we'll we'll leave it there for now but you know really appreciate your time and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again soon my cheers. pleasure mate ta-da bye now Wait. cheers Jamie okay guys we've got uh, we've got the Reading match to talk about now directly uh, we haven't got a tremendous amount of time to do it but we'll do our best um, obviously we're just going to do this in a sort of a open round table kind of way I- I'm going to start really obviously three all absolutely amazing game of football to watch uh thoroughly enjoyed myself i did have a slight feeling at the end i kind of would have preferred a one nil boring win but i mean at the end of the day that's you know we're, we're there to be entertained i suppose um i wanted to talk specifically about the i mean the first 30 minutes where we were significantly the better team i'd say I was really interested to see us line up with with uh, Ambrose on the right and uh, and Dan's playing left wing, almost or, uh, pretty much an orthodox left wing. And I thought that actually they they did swap later on, and I thought thought starting with Dan's on the left actually offered us a, a lot more than I'd seen I'd seen the team have for some time. I don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that. Mm, yeah, I've got I've got a few notes on Dan on Dan's actually. I think he was he was really strong mm. actually. He broke up the play and he tried to to kind of spread the ball and he was really strong in tackles as well. And obviously, one thing that we keep seeing from him is that he never gives up, and that's one thing that I do mm. like about Dan's actually his desire, and it seems that he wants it a lot more than some of the other players in the squad. So yeah, I think a very good performance from him, and like you say, gave you a lot of options out on the left. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, there's another option, of course. He can always come in across the box onto his right peg because his right foot. Yeah. He's always got the option to bend the ball round, or in fact, deliver a cross, which is you know is quite unique. You know, you'd expect a left footed player to play on the left, but we don't really have one, do we? <laughs> no. Well, although the way that Ambrose hit the hit the hit the shot after 39 seconds, you would think he was left footed because it was a it was a beauty. Um, it was. I don't know. I mean, I, I think tactically we 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 sort of gave, we did what everyone really wanted us to do, which was go out and attack. Um, yeah. But for some reason, and I, I don't really blame the formation. I, I just don't know what it was. We just decided, certainly second half, we didn't really want to defend any crosses. I mean, any views on the goals we conceded, guys, really? Yeah, I thought yeah, we'd just sit. If you look at both guys, oh, oh, Albert, you've become a, Albert, you've become a robot. I just love Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Cyberman again. Um, that's bad news, bad news. Uh, OK, we'll have to put you on mute for a while, Albert, and... Uh, Perhaps, uh, perhaps Ben or Aaron might have a uh, an opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do believe was it the first goal or second? No, yes, second goal. Mm. I do believe it was where we. It was kind of strange because all the players aimed towards the ball, kind of ball watching almost as a cross came in. Yeah. And there was no man at the back marking the man coming in all by himself and an yeah. easy finish and because they're all crowded in the box all the defenders Sproni had no clear view on where the ball was and for me that was just 
poor defending to let a man behind, mm. you know, all the defensive line to do that. It, it, for me, it wasn't not yeah. good enough at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's Jimmy, Jimmy Kebe has got to go. So Jimmy Kebe has yeah, got yeah. to go, and he, he was really, really quiet first half. He didn't really do a lot, and then he just come up and popped up at the back post and knocked that goal in. I just didn't really know where he, where he'd come from. No, I mean, typically after that as well, he was all over the pitch and suddenly suddenly yeah. looked a great player. I mean, yeah. I don't know why we were booing Mac enough as well. Every time we, I see Joe B, he gets booed. And I don't really know what he did to deserve it in the end. Maybe I missed that stuff, but there was that last-minute goal against Brighton. Um, I don't know. Was that was that deserving of booing? I don't know. I'm not. I think we just inspired him to play well in the second half as well. But um, yeah, I mean, personally, I'm sort of disappointed. I thought the atmosphere got going really well. Um, certainly with those two goals, sort of. In quick mm. succession, I think we could we could have perhaps had. Looking back at the highlights I watched watched today, I didn't realise how many goals we perhaps should have had. Um, yeah. Obviously, Ambrose missed an absolute sitter in front of the goal, uh, then missed a penalty, so that's that's four. And then of course we had the the, the dance shot that, depending on the angle, looked looked over the line. So, you know, technically speaking, we could have been five up, sort of within half an yeah. hour. So, that sort kind of, of mixed opinions to- really. Yeah, that relates back to the tactics as well, actually. Playing 4-4-2 in the first half, we seemed to have so many chances to score. You know, we did, did score three, but in all honesty, it could have been five or six, so we slotted our chances. And But it seems like we, we can only defend or we can only attack, and we can't do both at the same time. We attacked at, at the start, mm-hmm. and then we couldn't attack, and we defended, um, well, badly, unfortunately. But, yeah, so, I don't know if it's a case of maybe us needing to play 4-5-1 at home and 4-4-2 away. Um, I don't know if, <laughs> yeah. that's, if that would work any better. <laughs> Yeah, it no, seems completely the wrong way around. But, yeah. yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I think we can pr- probably wrap that up there. We've uh, we, we overran earlier anyway, so we've probably got a bit of time. I think you know overall opinions. I was quite impressed uh, with with a couple of Reading's players. Certainly Jimmy Kebe's we talked about. Mm, and Michael Edwards as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. What the hell has happened to him? He, he I'm, I always liked <laughs> him at Palace, but you know, he's, there's that that overriding memory of that particular incident in a particular game that I won't refer to. Um, but yeah, he's, he looked very good all game and, you know, in a way sort of it showed where our, our weakness perhaps is in the centre of midfield in, yeah. while trying to hold on possession with David yeah. Wright. He's a, he's a great, great at breaking up the play, but it doesn't really help us hold on to the ball, bless him. Um, and he's got there a 50 we are. Head. He has got a 50 v head. <laughs> well spotted. Um, okay, listen, that's, that's, that's more than enough on, on Reading. I mean, overall disappointed, but you know, at least results didn't go against us that day. Um, we've got plenty of, uh, of communication from you guys now, which is much appreciated. I'm going to start with uh, with an email we received from Peter, the uh, webmaster of, of Homesdale. I'm just going to read what he's uh, written to you. And it's, it was at the Pompey match and was very disappointed with the performance. However, due to a VIP pass courtesy of Pompey player Richard Hughes, I very much enjoyed the sausage rolls and chicken satay at half-time. Hmm. Everyone should look out for a huge addition to the site soon. Myself and Pinge Eagle have been working away tirelessly for the past few months and getting it ready for everyone. Top show yet again and look forward to hearing the five minutes down under section again soon. I'm also looking forward to that. Yeah. But I just wanted to mention that because obviously Gordon's, uh, um, Gordon and Peter work very, very hard on Homesdale and there is a massive, massive new addition to the site which I'm, I'm sure everyone will enjoy, enjoy coming up soon. So just bear that one in mind. Um, okay, before we go to any more emails, we're just going to do a quick preview of the Burnley game. Um, all I really want to talk about on that we, is uh, obviously key news for, for Burnley is they appointed Eddie Howe as the manager. 
uh, Eddie Howe, who, who did turn down the Palace job as well as the Charlton job. Um, you know, he's he's had a good start there, to be fair to him, and, you know, obviously had a very good reputation from his time at, at Bournemouth, where he really did achieve achieve miracles. But, you know, I'm more than happy with Dougie myself. Their top scorer is Chris Iwalumo with 11 goals, and uh, Chris Eagles has nine assists for, from him. And I think you got some details of the form, Ben. Mm, yeah, something that I've noticed when I've been looking back at their fast results is they scored quite a few goals in the last 10 minutes, you know. It's, it's exactly when we tend to stop playing in the last 10, so it's definitely something to watch out for. In the last game, they beat Preston 2-1, an 84th-minute goal, like I said, last 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, 2-1 against Preston doesn't seem doesn't seem too convincing. Uh, before that, okay. lost 5-1 to West Ham in the in the FA Cup. Obviously, that's not a good result. Even though West Ham are a Premiership side, losing 5-1 to them is not a great result. Uh, before that, though, one all at Cardiff, one three one at Watford, beat Norwich 2-1. All brilliant results against teams that fighting for playoff positions and automatic places at the top of the table they haven't lost at home since December the 28th so Turf Moor is, is definitely a tough place to go yeah I mean it's it's not a game that, that I sort of feel we're definitely going to win put it that way but um, mm. I thought it'd be interesting it's, I mean you think our only away result really was the um, was the game against Norwich where you wouldn't really on paper have given us too much of a chance so mm. who knows what we can do we, we're certainly not well, certainly nothing points to a to a positive away result with the way our form is, but it's got to change sometime. You, you'd think, wouldn't you? But yeah. um, but there we are. Okay, Aaron. I mean, you got some notes on the, their sort of key players for Burnley. I have indeed. Um, one that obviously sticks out is Chris Uvimos, their joint top goal scorer with uh, Chris Eagles. He has 11 for the season and has scored quite recently. I think it was three games back. Um, he's also got a very deadly finish in front of goal seen a few of his goals absolute corkers and of course there is Chris Eagles who is pretty much the playmaker in front of goal helps get assists he's got quick pace and he has the ability to score from range I've seen a few of his free kicks that he has placed in the top corners which are very admiring to watch yeah. one I've also picked out is uh, Rodriguez he scored mm. nine goals this season obviously he's an English lad which is good to see uh, he scored four goals in his last eight games which you know, it's a, it's a pretty good record at the moment. And just a little fact, uh, he's more than half of his goals have come in the first half between the 30-minute mark and the half-time mark, and he's recently been called up to the England Under-21 squad. Mm, I don't know where you get your facts from. It's, that's the <laughs> second week in a row you've come up with something that surprised me. I like it. Good stuff, mate. Um, good knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, good knowledge. Ah, you're back, Albert. <laughs> now, listen, I'm... I, yeah, Chris Eagles, quality, quality, premiership quality player, and I'm I'm quite frustrated that they managed to hold on to him. I'm more frustrated that he has the surname Eagles and doesn't play for us. That's got to happen <laughs> at some point, surely. We've got to sign that man. Okay, listen, guys, quick predictions. I'm going to go first because I'm fed up with losing, and I'm going to go with a a tragic but acceptable two-one defeat. Ben, oh, that was what I was going to go for. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. One nil defeat, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, they're both ones that I wanted. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, in that case, a three nil defeat. Eddie Howe hat trick. Oh, <laughs> Eddie Howe hat trick. I'm not sure you can yeah. have that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all right. Nick, Aaron, sorry. Um, let's go for a shock. I'm going to go. I don't know. Two all, depending whether Doogie goes four four two. I'm going to say, yeah. Two all. <laughs> Good man. That's the most positive one. result. 
all right excellent stuff well we'll see how we get on next week and uh okay um i suppose talking of predictions it might be a good time to have a look at what we what we did against portsmouth and reading since we've reviewed reviewed those games um none of us really did too well there um only ben on the reading game got the right res- uh, result but not the right scoreline uh portsmouth i went with a 2-0 win ben went with a 1-0 win aaron went for a 0-0 draw and uh, albert went for a 1-0 and reading i went for 0-0 ben got uh, went for a one all. Aaron went for a two one to Palace, and Albert went for a one 0 to Reading. So no points there. Um, so that leaves me still gloriously at the top of the table. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you right. <laughs> so okay, not a sprint. Guys. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, you've you've made your point. Okay. Listen. Uh, open discussion time. Uh, just going to cut uh, catch up with a few of your emails. I'll uh, I'll start, and all I like, really. C is yes he effing is and that's the polite version Doug Shane Long oh, sure. sure ah yeah Shane Long I'll uh, I'll leave that one okay there's a um, nice long email from Dave from West Wickham uh, yeah. volunteers yeah I'll have that stuff. okay it says hi guys good job with the show by the way thank you very much the funniest strangest thing I've heard at the last year at Selhurst was the game against Wolves when Butterfield got the hat trick for some reason the guy next to me had it in for Wolves defender Stearman Every time he ran past, and this was throughout the game, he kept shouting, Oi, Stearman, where'd you get your haircut? Did your boyfriend cut it for you? Oi, Stearman, where'd you get your haircut? How did your mum let you out like that? He just kept saying it and saying it and saying it, but made the quiet atmosphere in the main stand a bit more entertaining and certainly comical. I was in the home cell against Reading. Was it a goal or was it not? The shot by Danzi, which was punched against the bar by McCarthy, the Reading keeper. Right as a defender, the quicker we get married back, the better. Cheers, guys. Dave from West Wickham. Any thoughts on any of that, guys? Well, uh, a, there's a lot from Dave there. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, good good comments on the uh, the, the Stearman incident. I've heard many people like that. I've heard some even stranger stuff at some more yeah. <laughs> games. The um, the thing that was it a goal, the Danzy uh, sort of shot. Um, I'd say, looking at it from where I was in the Homesdale, there was no way of telling. I've looked at it on the on the replay, uh, and I can't really make my mind up where the keeper was when he palmed it out. Was um, well, he, he was basically behind the line, and, and the sort of trajectory of the ball seemed to indicate he'd scooped it from, from behind the line. But I, I guess, I mean, there's, there's, Dougie said after the game that, that some of the players were said it was a yard and a half short of going over. But it's, it's too late now, obviously. You just have to accept it. But it's, mm. From a referee's point, point of view, as well, from referee's point of view, if you don't know if it's going to go, and you've always got to go with, with no go in that situation, I think it'd be too harsh yeah. on on the other team if it was miles away and, and, and we did give the goal so. yeah I wasn't yeah. convinced either to be honest no I think I think I'd have been gutted if it had been given against us so I think yeah. you know in some ways exactly. you have to accept it okay just uh, just a quick announcement it is 9pm so those of you that are going to watch Glee we know you're going we know <laughs> you're watching Glee I just want you to know that we know alright um, Aaron I, <laughs> sorry mate so uh, if you can pick up the next email from uh, Michael Hyde, if you can see it. Aaron? <laughs> no? Uh, on yeah, I got it. Hey, <laughs> I know, hi guys, I know the priority is to stay up in the championship, but when we are going to realise official plans for the National Sports Centre, I know there are two very different plans. Also, will we actually move? Mm, it's... 
some interesting stuff, and this this is going to uh, going to happen more and more because obviously the the um, Olympic Stadium decision was made. Although I think technically that's still got to be ratified by the mayor's office, but obviously yeah. people people will want to know about the um, the plans to move stadiums. I mean, I suppose I'll answer the the last bit first, and will we actually move? I genuinely believe we will, mm, yeah. and I genuinely genuinely believe that because of the the desire from certainly from from someone like Steve Parrish who just doesn't give up, I think he's going to be a massive factor in in getting us there. But it will be tough. Um, I don't think you're going to see anything come out in terms of new information for some time. And I think the, the consultation process is underway now. And I know the, the club are incredibly busy off the pitch. And I suspect a lot of that is, is this particular subject. People are going to have to just be patient, really, I think. But, um, but obviously staying up in the championship is going to make things a lot easier in the long run. So, yeah, financial-wise as well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not, not desperate for money or anything like that. Okay, some quick-fire questions from Lewisham Eagle that I'm going to read out. got to be Darker Albert. They usually are, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and they, yeah. Okay, Albert, you're going to field these as I read them out for you. First one Go is, on. do, you think, do you think Ian Dowie looks like Davros? Uh, yeah, quite a lot, actually. I thought he was Davros, <laughs> to be honest. It's a, it's a strong resemblance. Then, it's, this is a very difficult question. It's pretty unfair to ask you, but it is, who would win in a battle, Claude Davis or a Dalek? Mm. I'm, I'm inviting uh, other comments as well after after Albert. I think I think Claude would mash him right up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Um, second to last question, penultimate question, which Palace player would be the best at playing Doctor Who? Ah, oh, it's a shame Matt Lawrence has left. It'll be Paddy. I think we'll give that the dignified silence it deserves. Um, if you had to have... This is a good question. If you had to have one Doctor Who villain in the Palace Eleven, who would it be and why? I don't... I, don't, I mean, you love Doctor Who, uh, Albert, so... Mm, any I ideas? just can love Doctor Who. Good <laughs> <laughs> one. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, what have I okay. done? I think we best move move on for that. Um, I'm just going to skip the next question. Um, I'll read read Graham's Graham Burt from Harlow's question out next, and then hopefully hand over to one of you guys to read another. Good evening, gentlemen. Frankly, Saturday's ref was no worse than many others we've had the displeasure to encounter in recent seasons. In my opinion, refereeing standards have literally not kept pace with the speed of the modern game. Actually, says sped of the modern game, but it's probably Mikey's fault. A common trait for, is for refs to even up their decisions, yeah. Uh, this was seen on Saturday with the two penalty decisions and more markedly at, our Bremel, Lane, at Bremel Lane in our 3-2 defeat in November. Common sense seems to have deserted most refs these days. You might have gathered I'm getting on a bit. <laughs> but as pointed out by your excellent contributor, that was Jamie, um, this is largely down to those daft so-and-sos at FIFA, enough said. Fancy we can nick a point at Burnley on Saturday. I hope you're right about the point, Graham. Yeah. Um, as as he says, uh, Jamie touched on that very well. That that common sense has been almost ordered out of the game by FIFA, and that that's a real shame. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you got any thoughts back to the the three two defeat of Bramall Lane and, and the refereeing in that, I think that's perhaps the I don't know what the right word is. Nadir, it's probably quite complicated of uh, of refereeing this season. The worst refereeing I've seen certainly for some time. It was bonkers. No. 
It was. It was bonkers. That's probably the better way of putting it. Okay, good stuff. There's one last email. Who's going to claim that one? Yeah, I'll have it. <laughs> Nick, Nick Gusset again. Go Nick Gusset, he seems to be contacting us a lot, so thank you very much for that, Nick. He does, yeah. He says, what sort of reaction do the radio panel think Eddie Howe will get from Palace fans when we play Burnley? <laughs> That's a good question. Mm. Um, he got a lot of attention in, in the thread on this this particular site that's over in Gold Talk now. It's one of the most viewed, most contributed threads I've ever seen. Um, I hope he gets a sincere booing and doesn't understand <laughs> why. <laughs> um, Albert, you yeah, have any thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I suppose you can't really uh, dislike them for not coming. I mean, if he'd, if, he'd, if he'd have gone to, if it'd been Charlton, it'd been a different thing. But you know, he didn't want to come. Fair enough. Yeah, we, we don't kind of understand. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need him. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. What was that, mate? If he'd gone to Charlton, ever come to Sevas, he would have got a right kicking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, I, I, again, I thought of the, thought at the time he kind of. As soon as the the disappointment of being turned down by a manager left, you kind of thought, well, actually, what what really is that different between him and Dougie? And it was only a year of managerial experience, or a year or two of managerial experience. And yeah. I think I think we've done all right out of it, myself. Um, yeah, I think I think the, by by giving Eddie Howe abuse, you sort of you're indirectly showing displeasure at the appointment of Dougie. You know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if we. If we do give him any abuse, I think it's not because he turned us down. I think it's the way in which he did turn us down with the kind of left us with a bit of a cliff, cliffhanger as he as he thought about his decision and didn't tell us straight away. So I think we got our hopes up a little bit and then we're shot down again. That would be why we would give him a bad reaction. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, last email. Well, I looked at it. Um, <clears throat> do you think we'll end up in a loss? <laughs> Last day of the season, cliffhanger, like last year. Oh, bloody well not watching out on the TV, I'll tell you. Squeaky <laughs> bum cheek time, boys. <laughs> and should What's Doogie it? stop uh, playing 4-5-1 and keep 4-4-2 like we did against Reddy? That's from Daniel Hannigan. That's just sort of two good questions there. I mean, obviously, I, th- I think it's going to go down to pretty much the last day. And bearing in mind that we're playing Forest on the last day as well, I'm mm, not... Yeah not too keen on that being the case but I mean we never do things easy at the Palace we just we like to keep things interesting for as long as possible so it's a tough one Mm, as much Uh, as I did enjoy the last day of the season last year when the game had finished I I don't wish for another day like that just yet in my life I think we'll be safe yeah I I like I like to think so um okay I just, and yeah, I suppose perhaps to pick up on the the other point about stopping four five one and um, keeping four four two, to sort of to answer that, I'm going to um, I'm going to read a couple of quotes from on the website. Um, one of them came from uh, pre uh, pre the port sorry just after the Portsmouth game, and one of them came from just after the Reading game. Uh, the post Portsmouth comment were from Danny H was I'd rather lose 3-0 and give them a good game than lose 1-0 and spend 90 minutes playing hoofball up to a single centre forward who was clearly better than just being a target man thing is I firmly believe we can beat anyone if we just if we have a go at them and play with two up top we seem to be playing totally and utterly within ourselves let's play 4-4-2 against Reading and I bet we get a result we have the players to beat most of the teams above us but we seem scared to be having a go man up or it's league one and to follow on from that, after Reading, uh, everybody Dan's now, 
posted, I think we should revert back to 4-5-1. 4-4-2 didn't seem to work that well today. We left ourselves open, and to be fair, right is uh, a rude word. 4-5-1 kept us more solid. Proof is our eight home clean sheets. It also frees up Ambrose to do what he wants. Maybe drop Vaughan back and stick Everson up there on his own. Those two opposing points kind of, to, to me, sort of ans- answer that question. And the answer is, with hindsight, you can argue either case. You've just uh, Dougie Pritt probably sums it up better than, than any of us can when he says he, he will pick the formation to the, to the opposition. Uh, yeah. And it really is as simple as that. And, uh, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you've probably got opinions of your own, guys. So, so you know, by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, you could possibly mix the two. And that sounds a bit crazy, but you could possibly go, obviously, the full back. You could have two sitting slightly in front of the defender and two wingers, which could be Dan's and Ambrose with the two up top. Obviously, Everson and uh, Vaughan look very good up front. It was Easter. My bad. <laughs> so you could kind of go for a, a four-two-two-two kind of formation, which would give us stability in front of a defence as well as attacking prowess up at the front. Hmm. It's an interesting okay. point. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. So, sorry. There's a there's an important email just come in. I'll let you yeah. go for it, Ben. All right. Last email. Just one to finish on. We mentioned earlier about losing Glee fans at nine o'clock. We've got an email regarding that. They said it's from Cole. As if it's a case of losing Glee fans, perhaps you, could, you should give consideration to occasionally breaking into dismal, irritating and poor covers of songs no one ever wanted to hear in the first place. <laughs> That's not I suggest as your first vote, can I cultivate your groinal garden? <laughs> <laughs> not sure we can say the phrase groinal garden, but we have, <laughs> twice. Wasn't that um, the plan for next week? It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a shame, it's a shame none of us are particularly keen singers as far as i'm aware does anyone want to admit now to perhaps being out of out of tune i didn't think so um, okay no no well we can we can talk about it plan during the week <laughs> um and our producer does say that ben has got a lovely singing voice i might save that for so, a couple of weeks we'll see i'll, I'll we look forward, I'll we'll look forward to that yeah, it's our only way of keeping the glee fans um okay <laughs> Listen, that's great, great stuff. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, I'm going to give you all a chance to say your goodbyes, so goodbye, Ben. Goodbye, Anna. I want to say a quick goodbye to my sister, Rihanna. Obviously, it's keen every week, so see you later. Need more of those. Aaron, goodbye. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> see you, folks. And as for you Glee fans, if you have Sky Plus, you can just simply record it and keep listening to us. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mike has been playing around with my pitch apparently so I may sound like a chipmunk but Albert you're uh, your goodbye see ya (laughs) (laughs) see that's correct that is the right way to do things okay listen next week we've uh, got the privilege of having under 18's captain Alex Wintner who's going to come on and and talk to us about the academy life and you know getting involved in the first team although he has been involved in the past so if you've got any questions for alex next week just let us know let us know during the week uh so it's a lot less work for us but listen thanks very much for listening to everyone uh i'd like ev- all the contributors today uh and my co-presenters and of course the producer mikey and uh hopefully we'll all we'll all hear you uh <laughs> speak to you next week cheers now bye It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.